Good morning, church. So the reading is Matthew 10, starting at verse 1. The twelve apostles. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, go no, go nowhere among the Gentiles and into no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or, f- or a staff, for the labourer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the, sa- for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Thanks, Fiona. Uh, just a reminder for those who are sitting in the aisle, if you want to pick up these, these are our communication books and prayer books. If you've got uh, prayer requests that you would have uh, people pray for during the week, please uh, fill something uh, in there or put it in there and we'll pray for that during the week. But also just a reminder, and we haven't been great at using this aspect of these books, is that they're communication books as well. And if you would like a visit, if you'd like um, some more information about the church or if you've just got a question or whatever, you want to speak to someone from leadership, then just write it in here and someone will follow you up during the week. Uh, that's in there as well. Uh, If you want someone to come and visit with you or someone to come and pray with you, uh, write it in here as well. You can find them after the service as well. Okay, before I get into bringing this sermon, let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you that it has been preserved for us. We thank you that uh, these words are not just uh, ink on a page or light on a screen, but they are living and active. And so, Lord, as we think about what we've just read, as uh, I explore them uh, in this sermon, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and speak to us and reveal yourself to us in this. I pray for your power to work through my words, and I pray for your power to work in the people that are listening so that we will have uh, an encounter with you this morning, that we will learn more about you this morning and be uh, equipped and armed, uh, ready to step into uh, this week as well. So we pray your blessing over this time in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we are 35 days out from Christmas. 
So mark that down. 28 days from carols. So 18th of December, remember that. I saw the board go up at the front of the school this week. So be thinking about uh, who you might be inviting to that. Be in prayer for that as well. We are two sermons away from the finish of our uh, master plan theme that we've been, uh, discipleship sort of theme that we've been working through and the master plan that we've been working through for the last half of the year. Um, this sermon and then Andrew's doing one next week will wrap up uh, that theme. Uh, we've uh, explored that theme um, using the Great Commission uh, over the time and we've looked at um, this idea of uh, as, we, as we go or going, uh, we talked about uh, baptising, uh, we talked about teaching them and then today uh, as we look at the close, we're going to look at sort of the, the bookends of the Great Commission. And so Jesus in Matthew 28, the book ends, uh, uh, all uh, authority has been, all authority under heaven and earth has been given to me. And then at the end it says, and surely I will be with you always. And we're going to look at that. And uh, in this uh, understanding, as we're talking about um, moving people in following Christ and thinking about discipleship, that we actually do it with power and authority. And if you look at the way Jesus discipled his disciples and the things that they were involved in, there was a display of that power and authority as they um, interacted with the world. Uh, and I, today's sort of um, is going to focus a bit, a bit more probably on the sense of power um, through us for people, so power for the people. Um, and we next week, Andrew's going to look a little bit more about sort of power to us and how God interacts with, with us. Uh, so today, um, we're going to look at how uh, God's power and authority works through us. It was definitely part, did you, and particularly that first verse uh, that Fiona read, that um, Jesus called his disciples and he sent them out with power, with his authority. Um, to heal the sick and drive out demons. And we're going to have a look uh, at what that means for us as his disciples today because it was definitely part of Jesus' strategy in discipling his disciples. Um, Jesus, if you remember the last time in the, uh, in the upper room, he was up with his disciples and he uh, goes through a, a whole um, spiel with them and he talks a lot about how his father and he are one and his father is in, he, in, in him and he and his father and then he says to his disciples, but I am in you and my father is in you, my power is in you now and he's alluding to the fact that that will happen when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, it will be as if my power and my authority can work through you as my followers because I'm in you, you in me, uh, and I'm going to work through you in that. And so this morning I thought we would explore that uh, together uh, using this passage uh, from Matthew uh, chapter 10. That looking at and wrestling with what does that mean for us as followers of Jesus. Think about how does this work as we seek to help others follow Jesus. So I'm just going to step through it verse by verse um, and we'll see where God takes us. So verse, the, first, the first thing he does in verse 1, um, 
he picks up this rhythm that we follow right the way through uh, his journey of discipleship with his disciples is that he calls them to himself. He says, come to me. I'm the one who has the power and authority here. I'm the one that's uh, going, going to empower you. And so first what he does, he calls them. And then what does he do? Then he sends them. And this has been the rhythm right the way through as he disciples his disciples. He calls them to himself and he says, you've got to become followers of me. You have to know me. You have to have my power. You have to have me work through you as you, and then I am sending you out uh, to let other people know about how to follow me. Uh, and we've had that sort of rhythm right through. We've talked about that um, in our discipleship stuff, haven't we? About... Um, me being a better follower, so me being discipled, a disciple of Jesus, and then uh, me helping others to disciple, uh, to become followers of Jesus. And I think that uh, that rhythm is uh, applied to us as the church, as followers of Jesus as well. Um, and so the question in that verse for you and for us is, are you coming? Are you responding to the call? Are you coming to Jesus? Are you learning from him? Are you connecting with him? Are you being in an intimate relationship with him? Are you growing in him? And then the other question is, are you going? Who have you been sent to? Where is he sending you? Who are the people that he's sending you to? And as I said, you know, those two questions, uh, who is discipling you? So who are you learning from? growing with and who are you discipling as well and as i've said discipleship starts with people even when they're not christians the discipleship begins as we um, develop relationships with non-christians and we show them what it means to follow jesus as we explain who jesus is um, and what it means to be a christian and so then also in verse one he then uh, gives them uh, authority uh, and that authority has a sense of power there, and he gives them uh, the authority to drive out demons and to heal the sick. I'm just going to pick that up a little bit later. And, but I just want to remind you, I've alluded to it already, the power comes because they are in Christ. It is Christ's work through them. It is the power of the Holy Spirit through them. It's not power that they have to conjure up, they have to work harder at. No, it's a gift of the Spirit that comes with power that he says will now work through you because you are mine. You are little Christs and collectively as the church, you are my body, which is infilled with my Spirit. So you have this power, uh, you have this authority now to go into the world as me, as my followers, as, uh, as I did. And we think about that as we've, uh, if we go into the New Testament, we think about the outworking of that. We think of the spiritual power that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. Think of um, the fruit of the Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience. I've been on about all that all the time, but that's not stuff that you conjure up. That's a gift of the Spirit to you, and we keep in step with it as we practice that out. But then we also uh, read the, the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, the gifts that come on the church, that are given to the church uh, in different manifestations for different people at different times as well. And we think of uh, the power that is displayed through those in uh, lots of different ways. 
uh, and a remind us, reminder to you here, uh, remember the sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago on prayer, um, and, and that, that the end of that thing is uh, ask, seek, knock, and he's talking about asking for the Holy Spirit. So for us to be praying and asking for the Holy Spirit's power to work through us. And that's what he drives. You can do all this prayer stuff, but that prayer stuff is empowered by the Spirit. And so to be asking, seeking, uh, knocking for the Spirit to work in and through us. I had this happen uh, on Friday. I um, flew across and visited my, my cousin Nick um, who lost his wife a year or so ago. And he, his family are just doing it a bit tough at the moment. And I was going into a situation where I didn't quite know what I was going to say or do or how it was going to work. So I texted my uh, grow group and I said, just pray. Can you just pray for me to, that, that I would have supernatural insight, supernatural words, supernatural wisdom beyond myself because I don't know what I'm going to do or say here. And as that day, and it got dramatically more complicated as the day unfolded, as that day unfolded um, and, and into the next day, and as I was sitting on the plane flying back last night, I, I was just in awe of God. There was stuff that came out of my mouth and head that I don't know where it came from. I'm serious. I, it's, not, it's not big noting me. Please don't. There, was, there were insights and things that I, I said and interacted with people there that I can only attest to the work of the Holy Spirit. This, this, this passage that we read was true. And if you read a little bit further, the rest of this passage, it talks about, um, it's that verse where the Spirit will give you words. Uh, don't worry about when you're persecuted because the Spirit will give you words when you don't know. <laughs> It's true, people. I just experienced it yesterday. And it was the power of the... And, and yeah, the power of, of God. And I, and I say that too because... Um, no, no, I won't say that. We'll keep going. It works. There you go. It's done. Uh, go on to the next verse, uh, 2 and 4. Uh, there was the 12 apostles. So he lists off uh, the 12 apostles. And this is where I remember that this... Uh, passage in, in scripture and we've talked about this as we've looked at how Jesus discipled through the gospels is that um, some of this directly applied to his apostles it was only for them it was a special situation that only uh, applied to them and that we can't apply everything that we read uh, that the apostles did and were given to to us we can look to uh, principles um, and understand that. And this is where, this is how I, I, I clarify that. Because who were the apostles sent to? Who were they sent to? The Jews. We're not just sent to the Jews. So this passage particularly applied to them. Later on, the New Testament talks about, for us as the church, where to go to the nations, to the ends of the earth. So it's just good to remember that when we're looking at these passages, it's not just uh, everything that happened to them happened to us. There's some discernment in that, and there's some, some principles at work that we wrestle through uh, as we find out how that applies to us. 
as you look um, through the New Testament, uh, as you work through the New Testament, um, it seems that um, the outpouring of the Spirit in the supernatural tends to slow down a bit. So if you think about some of the people like Timothy, Titus, Philomen, they're not talking about the signs and wonders that, were, that they were doing. They were sort of almost in, in some ways doing hard slog stuff and teaching and interacting with, with stuff as well. You may be thinking, where's he going with this? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is where I, and I think the Bible shows us, is that the Spirit comes upon his people with power and manifestations at different times, in different ways, and at different places and in different ways. And sometimes there's a, a great outpouring of revival and supernatural work, and other times there are not. And there's quietness. And, and so just to think that this is not necessary, the amount, I think, that we read the disciples doing it, the amount of interaction that they're having with healing and demons and all that sort of stuff might not be the same for us that live in a very secular society uh, where we're not coming across that stuff all the time. What is important is that we do deal with, and I'll talk about this in a minute, um, we do deal with demons and we do deal with uh, sickness as well. But I just want us to make sure that... just because it's not happening like that for us, it doesn't mean that the Spirit is still not working through us in different ways. And it's not that we still uh, don't cry for that and don't desire that, but just realize through the Bible, through history, it manifests itself in different times and different places. Um, so verse 7, just stepping it through it, don't worry, um, verse 7, it says, As you go preach, and they are to preach what? That the kingdom is near. Uh, and I always think of what Joel uh, Pop says about this, the kingdom is where Jesus reigns. And so where Jesus' um, sort of power comes, and that sometimes in the things of the world, uh, bringing sort of uh, justice and um, reconciliation and healing and that and it's also sometimes in people's hearts the kingdom comes and it it takes control of people's hearts and lives uh, as well so the kingdom is external and internal Uh, and and so as we go preaching we preach we live and preaching is very much get the idea that preaching is in word and deed we talk about why we do what we do Uh, we show uh, how we believe these words by uh, acting them out And to a certain extent, that's what we're doing in Generosity Sunday today, isn't it? We're going out in word and deed, and we're showing by deed, but hopefully also in words, uh, the, the, the reality is that Jesus reigns, and he wants goodness in his kingdom to come on this earth. He wants you to, um, uh, there's a sense that he wants you to be comforted or helped uh, in your need. And we bring this kingdom. And I think... Guys, this is the classic time of year to tap into this because it's, it's Christmas and the king brings hope, love, joy, peace. This is the great time to go preaching of the kingdom and talking about how that looks in your life. It's a great time to actually practice that and bring that for others, isn't it? As you go, this is a great time of year to be preaching that the kingdom is near talking about Jesus and who he is. So as we're thinking about that, 
question to you is, who are you preaching to? Who is God sending you with this message in your workplace, in your neighborhoods, in your school, in your sports teams? Who is he calling you to preach to? And then uh, down into verse 8, if you've got your Bibles there, he picks up again uh, this. He sends them out and he goes, as you preach, I want you to heal the sick and drive out demons. And there's this uh, line, the ESV changes it a little bit. The NIV says, freely you have received, freely give. And there's a sense that that's the power, that's the authority. So you've been given power and authority to do this, but it's not for you. It's for them. The power's for the people that I'm sending you to. And so you uh, allow the power to work through you. So freely you've been given, uh, freely you received. So power's not for you. It's to reveal Christ, reveal his kingdom. Um, um, and and as, uh, uh, yeah, so it's, it, it, it does that. It reveals God's kingdom and his power um, is revealed in that. What I say to uh, people, just remember that uh, signs and wonders and the miraculous and all that is not, um, is not just proof of God's power. Often people experience God's power in it, but it's not necessarily proof. Why do I say that? Because the Bible tells us that. The Bible tells us that just as many evil people do this sort of stuff, that people drive out demons in the name of Satan that people do miracles by evil power. Think of the Egyptian, all the magicians, they could do the same sorts of miracles. Jesus remembered his word that, you know, you you came and you healed the sick and you did that, but I don't even know you. So it's not proof. So we're We're not trying to prove to people for doing this. We do it because this is God's love displayed. This is God's power displayed. Sometimes I think we fall into the trap of we do these things and we want these things to happen to prove it. It's not just proof, but it does display uh, God in that. Okay, into how does this healing the sick and driving out demon stuff work for us today? Um, We believe uh, that the spiritual gifts and the spiritual power has been given to the church and to us as individuals in the church. So therefore, we have the authority to heal. We have the authority to bring in these gifts of breakthrough, of transformation, of insight. And so we pray for it and we keep on praying for it and we ask God uh, to work in and through us. And sometimes we may pray lots and lots and years and years and we see God work. Other times we may pray once and we see God's work. Other times we may have lots of people in the whole church praying and it doesn't seem to get answered the way we do. Other times we just get a couple of people and it does. Why am I pointing out to this? And I think this is the Bible does this. There is no sort of systematic way. There's no sort of spells and magic in all this that you've got to do this, this and this. And there's all these techniques and stuff like that that you do. And if you do them, this is the way it works. It is mysterious the way that the Spirit chooses to work in and through us. But in that mystery, don't stop doing it. Don't stop seeking it. Don't stop uh, crying out for it to work in and through us. The Bible does give us some tips about this. It talks about uh, praying and fasting. It talks about getting the church together to pray in this. So these are things that we can use, 
but don't become dependent on this, this, and this, therefore this. Now, God's calling us to act in this in faith, to move our hearts to see his power work in and through us. So we keep praying uh, for healing. We keep crying out uh, for God to work in amongst us. And I've said before, sometimes we might even get to the point where we stop praying for that and God's grace is sufficient enough for us. That's okay. Other times we might persist all our lives for that and that's okay too. So we pray in faith. We pray knowing that we actually have the authority and the power to make this happen. We pray uh, mindful of our own heart conditions and our own uh, motives in this. We pray as Jesus would pray that his glory would be revealed, not ours. We pray that we're not um, just com- uh, we're not falling into the comparison trap of looking at what other churches do or how they work or what other people do. Um, that we want to be no. We pray because we have been given power and authority through Christ and His spirit working in us and through us we pray that healing would come through uh, justice and our hands and feet and working out uh, things as well we pray for um, God to heal people through the healthcare system so we now live in a country that has an amazing and we pray that God would work through that and that people would actually see his power and understand him through that We pray uh, that people, um, no, I think I've touched on that. Um, You you can have these conversations is, um, do you go through the healthcare system? Uh, Is this lack of faith? You know, that, no, we're going to pray and we're going to work the power of this and we're going to withdraw ourselves. And this is, again, where it continues to be mysterious because I've seen and heard and know people who have done that and died and other people who have done that and were healed. Um, I know people who have been healed through the healthcare system that even miraculous turns of events have worked through the way doctors and medicines and stuff have worked as well and they, they testify to God in that. Other people have gone through that and they haven't been healed. And I think this again is the mysterious work of uh, the Holy Spirit. And though um, in that mystery for us to keep pursuing, keep putting uh, our eyes to Christ. And, and, and I just wrote down a few things when we were singing that song at the start, the ocean song. So, you know, it says, Spirit, lead me. And it says, call me out into the mystery the mystery of how this works. And I say one of the biggest struggles for us as Christians is knowing how God's working, knowing what God's up to and believing that he is and knowing that he is. And what does that song say as we do that? Spirit lead me, call me into the mystery and then my faith is made stronger. And I depend more on God and I cry out more for him to work. I prayed for healing for Russell from Cabell Kitchen many, many times. I know many other people did as well. I had an instance when I was with him last Tuesday morning 
Judy called me across and the ambulance was there. And uh, they were working on him. And I saw him and I thought, he's not going to survive. And Judy and I went into her um, kitchen table and sat there and we prayed. And we prayed for Russell. I laugh. Within half an hour, Russell was sitting up on an ambulance trolley talking to us. <laughs> I was just, I was blown away. And we were putting him into the back of the ambulance and Judy and I were saying, well, we'll come over this afternoon at 2 o'clock and we'll, we'll catch up with you then. And I had I, I'd sent out some texts to my Grow Group guys and a few other guys saying, pray for us because I believe there's a spiritual battle going over his life. And I saw the power of God work. And then quarter of an, uh, half an hour later, or three quarters of an hour later, Judy gets a call and says, you better come in because he's taken a real turn and it's not looking good. So we went into the hospital um, and he turned from there and pretty well was put on life support from there and ended up dying a few days later. I believe that the power of the Spirit was at work in that situation. I don't quite know how it all worked and how it worked, but at one point I see it working and then other points I, I get the answer is no. I've, rustled, I've res, wrestled, <laughs> wrestled with where Russell is now. But I know that he heard the gospel, he knew about Jesus, was happy to pray and stuff as well. My hope is that one day um, we'll get to share a yarn again in heaven. I'm not sure. That's what I hope. And in that, I haven't stopped crying out for us all, all of the last two years. <laughs> Praying for supernatural intervention. And sometimes I saw it and sometimes I didn't. But I know that God was at work in them and in me. Uh, driving out demons, we're going to move there. Uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, I always don't get the quote right, but he says this thing, be careful not to deny their existence and underplay their power and uh, don't overplay it. Don't give them too much attention. Be too fearful of them. So as we go out into this world, the Bible has told us that we're in a spiritual battle and there is a spiritual reality that we need to engage in the spiritual realm of evil, of devils and demons. And we remember the reality that Jesus told his disciples and tells us that we have authority over them through him. That Christ in us enables us to stand and resist and the devil will flee. That through Christ and his spirit, he, gave, he gives us power to actually address them and to cast them out and tell them to flee. That through the power of his spirit, we can put on the spiritual armor that will protect us from the things of the spiritual realm. He tells us that we can confront demons in the name of Jesus with simple, honest truth, 
that we stand here as Christ, Christ in us. We can command them not to be in people or in situations. We also recognize that some of the stories of the, in, in the way that the disciples were learning about this, you know, that remember that Jesus told some of them had to come out through prayer and fasting. And so there was a long-term sort of attack in the spiritual realm of a dependence on God, of praying, fasting, interacting with the evil. Sometimes, sometimes the disciples could do this and other times they couldn't. Sometimes it seems that evil has the power over us and then other times it doesn't. And just as I talked about before, just watch that whole idea of sort of spells and techniques and stuff like that. It doesn't work by that. It works by the power and authority given to us through Christ. That's what they're scared of, not whether you've got the right technique. Um, oh, I didn't talk about that in healing, but in healing and, and here, there, there may be those amongst us who are gifted in this, that the Spirit works and channels through in this more, in the healing realm or the driving out demons realm, and so for us to know that uh, in our churches. One of the biggest wrestles that I've found with this in our culture is discerning and differentiating and working in um, psychiatric illness and the, and the demonic and what's our mind and what's spiritual and how those two work and they are often playing together. My experience has been to deal with both. You pray all you can for people in that situation um, and you use the medical system that's been given to us. And we do that trusting God and working with God and discerning together how that works. I was in a situation uh, recently where someone was talking about um, they're experiencing um, spirits in their room um, and that they were being oppressed by them. Um, and as we were talking about it, I realized that this is what I often do, is that I, I end up praying to God and asking God to sort of work. But then in the same time, I end up referring to the demonic and sort of demanding, you know. And I, I just thought it's a helpful distinction that those, those two things need to happen in, in those sorts of areas. One, we pray for God and, and, and what I prayed for this place and this person particularly was that God would send his angels to protect that person in that room and ward off and and then uh, I also um, uh, directly talked to that they didn't manifest themselves or anything like that it was just directly to, and, and cast them out whether that worked or not I didn't see any of it but I did it with faith believing that I had the authority to do it um, I think, uh, just giving you some examples, I've got to stop. Uh, take no money or bag uh, with you. I think that's more about dependence on God in that. It's not the other stuff. Um, we'll just finish off the last few things. 
as we, this is one thing that as we go out and bring this and interact in the world, recognize, and this whole passage goes there, that there will be some that accept this, accept us bringing Jesus and interacting with us in that way, and there will be others that will want to kill us for it or send us out or have nothing to do with us. And it's interesting what Jesus says to do, doesn't it? He says, stick with the ones who are open to it and walk away from those that aren't. And I think there's, there's probably a balance in there. Is there there's a persistent, if someone keeps continuing to shut you down, well, then you don't keep bringing it in there. But you can, you can because many of us have long-term relationships, I think you can keep testing and putting that back in there, um, but also be uh, looking for those. Uh, and as it comes down, verse 16, that last line that says, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves, and again, asking for the power of the Spirit, the power of Christ for wisdom, and for love, uh, that we don't have agendas in this, that we actually love the people that we're interacting with in this. So be on your guard, ask for the Spirit to work in us. And I think this is appropriate that we're dealing with this on Generosity Sunday, as we're going out with this message of the kingdom, that we go out with Christ's authority. And there may be spiritual stuff that's happening in in the homes and the places that we are. There may be a need for healing. There may need to be prayer in that regard. Uh, Maybe the healing today is just coming through what we do practically. Maybe it comes through the way you um, love and speak to them. And this is the other thing too. You need just, just as much power for us to speak the right words, for the courage to say words as we do the other stuff as well. So we need to ask God's power to work in through the words that we speak as well. Let's stop there. I'm going to pray.